You are listening to Three Moves Ahead, the official podcast of, of FlashSteel.com, and this is episode number 100. I am your host, Troy Goodfellow, and I'm not going to say I didn't think we'd make 100, because once we hit 50, I knew we could do 100. That's easy. <laughs> We're halfway there, after all. Uh, 100 episodes, woohoo. Uh, big accomplishment for me to get to this number. And with me today are my two most regular panelists uh, because of their age and brand. We have freelance writer Julia Murdoch. Hello, hello. And we have freelance writer Rob Zachney. Good evening. So here we are, episode 100, and we don't have a topic. No, I totally have one. No, you don't. I really don't, but I have an observation. What is your observation? Well, so I figured out something really important about military history just now while I was playing War in the East. I loaded Uh up the Operation Barbarossa scenario, and I realized something very important, and that is that Russia actually gets bigger the moment you decide to invade it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's historical. Right. If you look at it on a map, and you're not invading Russia... It doesn't actually look that far from like Warsaw to Moscow. Like you're, like, you're thinking that that's totally reasonable. That's that's doable. The moment you say, "Okay, we're sending armored divisions from Warsaw to Moscow," you're mm-hmm. dead. Like well, Russia's twice the size. You don't so, even so, have to actually get to Russia. You just have to approach Russia. That's the Napoleon thing. As soon as you actually think about Russia, distance goes. It knows your. It, it, it reads your intent. Exactly. What you're saying is Russia is kind of like Doctor Who. It's like the, the, the TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. Yes, exactly. You go inside. Uh, yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, so there we go, Morgan. We should have had you on last week's show. Where were you? Um, I was flat on my back. Um, I got basically the uh, flat spins out of nowhere. So I couldn't couldn't read, couldn't play. It was pretty much a nightmare. Oh well, uh, you're but you're still playing the War in the East. Yeah, you're reviewing it for Game Shark, right? And you want to give a preview of what you're thinking about it, or are you still fighting your way? You know, I mean, at this point, you know, I can't. At this point, I'm not in a place where I can review the game, but I'm at a point where I can sort of review the impression it makes in the manual, and that's you know, that's not enti- that's not an entirely positive story. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of. I kind of op- flipped open the manual and looked for that section, how to play this goddamn game. <laughs> and there doesn't appear to be a how to play the goddamn game section. Um, and I think that's a very important section in your manual, um, if you're considering designing one. Um, you, want, you want to have all the absolutely critical information sort of in one place so that I can at a glance look at it. Right. And it really doesn't seem to do that it opens with a glossary it starts like it starts going into all these really finely detailed controls but then it's referring to you to all these different sections of the manual where you'll explain how any of this could possibly be relevant mm-hmm. um and so i mean i know it's a deep game i know it's complicated um and i know that there are people who you know really absolutely love this sort of game and you know at, at one time maybe i was one of them but I mean, the absolute time investment I've had to make in this game before even really having what I would consider a real game mm-hmm. is a really huge turnoff. Okay. Uh, well, I hope you do stick with it. I ended up uh, liking War in the East quite a bit. Um, uh, maybe because I, I'm i not quite tired of games uh, like this yet. And it's been a long time since I've played one. It's really been so ambitious and almost majestic and how it trundles along like a brontosaurus, you know, an extinct beast that somehow resurrected into the present. Uh, so I ended up quite liking it quite a bit, um, but I can certainly understand why some people will not. Um, after last week's show, uh, Bruce and Joel had a nice exchange back and forth over email uh, about, you know, some details and some questions, and it was, uh, I love those guys uh, at Matrix, and Joel and Eric did a great job, and I really wish it could have been there, because I think it would have been nice, but hey, You'll have your chance to have them on sometime later. Because I guess this is when we unveil the surprise, right? Magic. I suppose we should. The surprise is uh, there'll be a post coming up uh, on Wednesday morning uh, that I am no longer a freelance writer. Um, I have uh, done something I thought I would never, ever do, and it's not something I actually plan to do. Male prostitution? He killed a hooker. I, 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 I said something that I, that I never planned to do. I mean, I have considered male prostitution. 
just um, lack of takers slowed you down. Move over, Fred Garvin. I, I, I just couldn't get in, in, in into the pants. You know, shorts just don't look good on me. Uh, now, uh, I have taken a job in the industry. I have uh, been hired by Evolve PR to work with them, Tom Ola. Uh, they had head guy over there. Uh, anyone who knows Tom Ola knows he's one of the good guys in the business. Uh, represents a number of uh, companies, uh, CD Projekt and Good Old Games and does some work with Paradox. Uh, I applied almost on a whim for a position over there, and I was shockingly accepted. So freelance writing uh, is kind of done for me. Um, there will be no more reviews uh, for me, no more previews, unless you know, I crap out at this job and then have to go cap in hand to all the editors are just pissed off. Hey, sorry I canceled all this stuff, but uh, uh, I am... Uh, Changing, like I'm getting a real job, a grown-up job, and that, of course, is going to change the podcast. Uh, it means that I can no longer host or organize the podcast. Because but you could still guest. I can still guest, and I will certainly still be on the show as much as I can. But hosting involves organizing and planning, and yes. organizing and planning. Uh, when I am somebody who's kind of an industry shill, uh, calls you know the podcast into question Wait, you, you haven't even taken the job yet and you're already referring to yourself as a shill how do how well how does this bode for the job let's be yeah, honest okay I, well because it's because i'm Troy's I mean, method he's getting into the character I there we go yeah he's a method he's a method actor uh as so the podcast you know i know you people listen to it because you know we're honest and we're up front and you know we're not always the smartest people on the block but you know we're always we don't say things that aren't true um, and I don't want to be put in the position of having to, you know, say, hey, we, we got this game on the show, and have you think, well, that's because he represents them. Um, I don't want to put the podcast in that position, put my guests in that position. So I will no longer be hosting uh, Three Moves Ahead. I will be still guesting. I will still be on, you know, whenever I can to talk about game design, talk about classic games, to talk about themes in games. I can certainly do that. But anything that would involve discussing current games or interviewing developers, anything that might compete with a product that I am representing or is a product I am representing, that's the kind of stuff that I have to stay away from. So I've passed it on the hosting organization duties to uh, my, adopted, my, adopted, my adopted son, uh, Rob Zachney. Oh! Yes. And I couldn't go to a better, more organized person. Yes. I'm so totally ready for these responsibilities. Yes, Rob. Uh, when I mentioned it to him, was this is an honor, but dude, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> and you were like, "Well, then you're perfect for the job because so like either software do you have to use?" And I just went straight to Google. Oh my god, I have to host a goddamn podcast. Yeah, um, and that hasn't been terribly helpful. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out for you, baby. Don't worry, it'll all work out. So yeah, this was a big surprise, and I mentioned there'd be a surprise. Uh, and the form spring, and some people came, came pretty damn close uh, to guessing what it would be. Um, I think those are people but, with inside but let's information. Be, let's be clear: we're not we're not letting the podcast go. No, the the, pod, let's be fair, the, the three moves ahead is going on. Um, and what are you doing with Flash of Steel? Well, like, I'm where you know all eleven of us read things you have to say about strategy games. I Flash of Steel does pretty damn well. I, I, I was kidding. I was kidding. Uh, Flash, not as good, model, good as well as Three Moves Ahead, uh, but Flash was uh, Three Moves Ahead. Yeah, be very clear. Three Moves Ahead is not going anywhere. Um, I will still own it, Rob. Before uh, <laughs> you get too big for your britches already, <laughs> the trademark uh, still belongs to me. Um, I'm, you know, ceding control of it and operation of it, but it belongs to me. Uh, so I still want things ahead to continue in the way it has. I still want it to be. It will still be strategy game focused. It will still be video game focused. Um, there will still be deviations into board games from time to time. Oh, yeah. I don't Such want deviations. I, I do not want this to become the board game podcast. Oh, oh. That was this, that was a that was condition up front. That was a condition. If this be, I mean, Julian, Rob, love you guys. Know you guys hang out a lot. But if this podcast becomes you two doing AAR, it was, the one game you played it, it, over it, martinis. That, <laughs> that's it. I'm the plug, you know, because I love. You, you don't think there's a big audience that's, for that's that? Roughly that's, a third, third, that's roughly a third of our shows, anyway. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's what would be very clear. This is a that was, video this was, game strategy. 
I'm like that. This is a video game strategy podcast, and it's going to stay a video game strategy podcast. Uh, with but you know, board games are a part of that. They're they're a big part of strategy and design. Uh, so the podcast isn't going anywhere. The podcast will keep going, and I do hope you keep listening. Uh, and not just because don't think because I'm not hosting uh, that the podcast isn't in good hands. Uh, as for the blog, uh, Flash of Steel, which not everybody who listens to Three Moves Ahead really cares about Flash of Steel. Um, it's going to continue uh, as well. Um, I briefly, briefly considered, uh, you know, maybe I should get rid of the blog too and start a new blog, you know, where I can, you know, get rid of all that other stuff, all that other baggage. And, you know, a good friend said, you'd be an idiot and I'll kill you if you do that. So I want to thank her for that. Uh, so we're go- uh, the Flash of the will continue. There will be, uh, the essay series will continue. I'll still write about game design, probably more AAR type stuff. Uh, from me. Um, it's not like I've been spending a lot of time writing about current games anyway on the blog because a lot of that stuff ends up in my reviews and my columns. So that's you're not going to be missing a whole lot if you're new to Flash of Steel. It will continue. I'm taking down the portfolio. I'm taking down the Amazon ads. I might leave the Google ads up because they help pay for the hosting. Um, I'm taking down the donate button. And all you people who donated generously, uh, that money, a large chunk of it, uh, is going to be going uh, into Rob's bank account so he can use it as he sees fit to organize and plan. Party. He's just going to uh, spend uh, it on booze and hookers. You I know that. So that is the big surprise that I am no longer a writer. And I'm not going to say I'm happy about it, but uh, this job pays so much better. <laughs> than, than the freelance world? I'm shocked to hear you say Imagine that. Imagine that. And I'm a grown-up now. I'm, I'm almost 40. Uh, so it's almost time I had a real job. And let's face it, there are people who can do this job uh, as well as I can. So there we go. You can all turn off your radios now. Thank you for listening. No, 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 no. We have well, to grill you for a little bit. I want to know, <laughs> know what kinds of games you think you're going to be repping. No, I have no idea. I really don't. Uh, I know that Evolve is moving more into the mobile and console market. They've done a lot of European representation. Um, I mean, the CD Projekt especially, um, and some Paradox stuff. Um, there's there, People are worried about the Paradox stuff. I mean, I'm not even going to be touching that portfolio, the few games that Tom represents. I'm not even going to be touching those uh, because I have been closely associated with reviewing and commenting on those games. So for like the near future, that stuff's kind of hands-off for me, uh, which is fine. I mean, it's that's great. I'm still going to the Paradox event on Wednesday the 19th, uh, which is going to be great. They're good guys. I'm going as a writer, and I have nothing to write because I said... Somebody else can cover That's this. That's a sweet uh, gig. You can just go and like drink and not have to think about any of it. I'm going to be going there, making sure Rob stays sober and alert, uh, helping uh, Jen Cotter understand Pride of Nations. That's going to be a blast, uh, and a bunch of other things. So uh, yeah, but what the, I'm going to represent, I have no idea. I I don't even know how to do this job. This is the thing. I don't know how to be. What a were PR they person. thinking? I know. <laughs> I, I, I hope I, they're I, listening right now. Oh, I don't know. No, uh, I'm going to be going through some training sessions, um, but I'm going to be starting starting the job proper in early February, um, and there might be a physical relocation uh, in there as well. Um, so I'm going to be doing some apartment scouting and the like. Uh, but yeah, I have no idea what I'm representing, and this is kind of the thing. This is the exciting part of it. I get to learn new skills. Uh, I get to have new challenges and work with new colleagues, and it is. It's fun to be doing that at can I, 30. Can I, can I make a little, uh, <clears throat> little side wager here, a little prediction about the, uh, the nature of your portfolio one year from now? Yeah. All, all, face, all Facebook games. Oh, no. I will so stab you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I can't take that. I'm going to blame you for cursing, <laughs> cursing me with playing, you know, Europa Universalisville or something. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> hey, you know what? I might actually play Europa Universalisville. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. If you think about up and coming games, what they really need and can afford any kind of PR representation, I, I, I got to tell you, I actually think it's probably more not necessarily Facebook stuff, but that kind of long tail or long clock strategy stuff. You know, Neptune's Pride, all those kinds of games. There's certainly uh, a lot of that going on. It's an exciting world to be in, at least. Um, seeing how quickly... I mean, I'm playing some Cityville now. Another one of Zynga's games. Uh, which, you know, it's 
it's actually reasonably sophisticated uh, compared. To, I mean, it's really kind of like Millionaire City in many ways. Uh, but it's like an, there is actually a gameplay jump in there and how it gets you to involve your friends beyond the nagging. There's still nagging. There will always be nagging. But there is, you know, some actual game stuff going on. And it's going to be exciting to figure out how to uh, do this stuff, how to write a press release. I there's a different kind of writing uh, for me. Um, how to deal with all you media folk, um, most of whom I can stand. It's uh, going to be an interesting position. I have no idea what my portfolio is going to be. Like I said, um, I'm going to be doing a physical relocation, and then I'm going to, well, before that, I'm going to be learning on the job as I go. Um, I had a, one of the big things. I mean, the podcast itself was one of my selling points, to be honest. How this is an audience that started, you know, pretty small and localized. Uh, people at Quarter to Three, uh, Tom Chicks Forum, was really the core base of this podcast for a very long time. And, and then loved, he abandoned us. Well, yeah, but before he abandoned us, he was on the show for a good year and a half. Uh, it, you know, we. Um, it be built up through you know Twitter and through Facebook and through other forums and promotion and this whole using the internet to get people of like minds together, um, social networking they call it, but you know it's really just the internet as it was designed, uh, the ability to build an audience and we've built a pretty good audience here pretty quickly. Um, I, I I think that's definitely applicable to the world of trying to sell a new strategy game. I mean when you look at when you look at the successes, whether it's been folks like the guy from. Uh, God, they all have iron in their names. Iron Helmet, the guys who did Neptune's Pride, right? That's totally a community groundswell kind of game, and they've been hugely successful. Mm-hmm. Or Ironclad and Sins of a Solar Empire, again, you know, came out of nowhere, almost no marketing budget, and you know, they really built that from the community level up. So I think there's something to that for sure. So that's going to be fun to try that. So this is, you know, it's so what I'm going to be doing. I can honestly say I have no idea. Uh, my new boss will be at the Paradox thing this week, so I'll get to say, hey, Tom, <laughs> what do I do? Uh, so that's going to be cool. Yeah, but you know we've all got your back. So I, I had a couple questions for you now that sure. I know where you're going. So so you've been writing about games for, what, 20 years, 15 years? <laughs> Five. 112? How, how old are you? Um has it changed how you think about games? Has what changed? Writing has about reading? games. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm. It, it certainly has changed. I'm probably a little bit more unforgiving of. I find that my, my patience has gone down. How's that? Writing about games has made me more impatient with games. I'm a lot less likely to stick it out in a game that I don't have to stick it out with, uh, because you know my time's precious. My time's valuable. Um, if you don't have a good interface and don't, don't give me any reason to learn the interface, then I'm going to get kind of angry. If you're tutorial, I've, I've written a lot and commented a lot and yelled a lot about tutorials. Um, one of my big problems with War in the East, game they ended up liking a lot, is for God's sakes, people, do not put a tutorial in print. Put it in the freaking game. Right. Um, you know, this is an important well, thing. Well, can I uh, chime in there? You know, one, one important thing right there is you don't have a print tutorial you have a pdf tutorial and that's a very big qualitative difference and nobody reads pdfs unless they're searching for something they might have missed yeah so you know there's so these sorts of things because i'm writing about games a game i'm reviewing i always play a tutorial always even if it's a game in a genre i know really well i played the civ 5 tutorial i played the civ 4 tutorial i played every tutorial because that's where you real that's where you learn about you know what how the designer wants to explain the game to new people um so i'll go to a game i'm not reviewing um and i walk in and i'm confused i get more irritated and more annoyed uh, because i've seen it done well in so many other places now do you think and, you're going to play as many games now that you don't have to because i mean i i know this speaking for myself that you know part of the reason i keep playing stuff that i might not otherwise play particularly in the strategy space where a lot of the fun new titles are really niche um yeah. is because there's there's a reason to talk about it. There's a podcast or there's a review to write, or there's somebody who's yep. going to ask you a question. Do you think that's going to change? And you're just going to be one of these guys that only plays AAA titles now or, or your clients titles. I have no idea. 
I really don't. I mean, one thing that I do think this will do is it will let me play. Well, I'll probably play a wider variety of genres now. Um, I because I'm known as a strategy guy, so people hire me to write about strategy games. So that's pretty much what I play. That's my. That's not the only thing I play. I play a lot of RPGs. I used to play a lot of adventure games. So. But mostly it's strategy and war. I mean, that's my bread and butter. Um, I think this is going to give me an incentive to uh, play others, to get off the beaten path, to say, okay, now I can play what I want. I can blog about what I want. I don't have to keep selling myself as a strategy gamer, uh, though Flash is still a little strategy focused. These are the games I love best and I know best. So that's really not, it's still going to be mostly strategy and Flash of Steel. Um, but I do think it's going to make it a little bit easier for me to, you know, I think I want to learn how to play, I think I want to play some Guitar Hero. I think I want to play a shooter. I want to see how this works out. Uh, a column idea that I had for a very long time and I kept trying to get it going was, you know, me and a friend who plays different genres. It was kind of like a Tom, Troy, Tom versus Bruce type thing. Only the idea is, you know, one of us... Each game would be a game that one person is familiar with, a genre one person knows well, and the other person does not know at all. Uh, and you know, that was a column idea that we had. We just banded around back and forth with a couple of different partners, and just time gets in the way. Um, this has been a very, very, very busy year for me, uh, personally and professionally. So it just never got done. But I think this is a chance for me to you know, take that idea forward and say, okay, now I can actually play something different. Um, so will I play as many games? I have no idea. I'll, I'll have to buy them now. The horror. The horror. I know. God. I'll start buying games again. There Not goes that all I, that money it, you're going to start making. Yeah, I know. Good Lord. I'll be, I'll be one of these people trolling the gamers with the jobs for him with, I have 50 bucks to spend <laughs> this summer. <laughs> Which of these 10 games should I spend right. it on? If it right. weren't for those people, there would be no email section to gamers with jobs. That's true. And, and, and I'll, I'll just <laughs> Which, answer oh, the question right now. It's just get a Steam so, account. So, so, so those are the people I hate. Yes. They're the ones who do the email section. Yes. <sighs> I kid. I love email sections, which is why we do them once a year. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Do you think that? Um, how effective do you think PR is at selling these kinds of games? I mean, honestly, it's like. I, I mean, if it wasn't for you guys, I'm not sure I'd find out about half of these games, right? If it wasn't for like 10 or 15 folks I know that I trust about strategy games, does it really matter if you put out a press release for Joe Blow's Strategyville 2000? To be honest, I think PR doesn't do strategy games. Or it doesn't do most games very well, but certainly does not do strategy games well. And that's something, that's once again, I've talked about before, and I think one of the problems. Ooh, so how are you going to evolve PR? <sighs> What's the Troy Goodfellow strategy for world domination? That's what we yeah, want to yeah. know. I have no idea, but I, this is something I've talked about before, and it's really an issue with me. Is you know, gaming PR and promotion and marketing is inherently visual now, and it's video. And strategy games do not do video well. They don't do trailers well. They don't do teasers well. You can't sell a game like Hearts of Iron or War in the East or even StarCraft really with a frenetic action shot. You can't do in-game stuff and show what the game is about like you can with an rpg or you can with an action game uh or you can with a racing game um because what the game is is not always you know the action shot um so the real trick i think for pr gaming pr and it's not something i really know a lot about uh yet in fact i know nothing about yet um is PR people need to learn how to use video better in the strategy world. They really need to find a way to take advantage of the power of YouTube to sell their games. Now, how that works, I don't have a clue, because you don't want the games to change. Um, you don't want to have, you know, Crusader Kings 2 being sold with, you know, heavy metal saying this is the new shit in the background. That's just not going to work. Because this, this is the medieval shit, I suppose. Uh, whatever the tagline would be for Crusader Kings 2. Um, does strategy? I mean, there are good PR people. Some of the best PR people are in strategy uh, gaming. Uh, I think of, you know, the people we had on the PR show um, last year. We had uh, Joe and Stephanie 
uh, Joe Zimmer and Stephanie Shop, who are from Triple they're Point and both Kinsley. Great. Both are great. Both, they're both great, and they both do more than just uh, strategy games. But you know, they they are anyone who's worked with uh, Triple Point or with Stephanie wherever she's been, know that they play the games, uh, they understand the games, and they know how to reach. They know how to reach people like us. I think that's part of the problem. <laughs> Uh, can they reach the other gamers, I guess, is, is the issue. They can reach the strategy community, um, but the, I guess it's trying to break out of that larger, break out of that small group into something bigger. And unless you have you know, something like StarCraft, which sells itself based on its legacy and its name, I, I sometimes wonder about PR. Now, I already am making all these pronouncements, and I haven't even started yet. I uh, haven't even sent an invoice. I don't even have new business cards yet. So um, I don't even sure what my official t- title is. Uh, so we'll have to. Shill, you, you already told us. Shill. Yeah, Shill. I'm, I'm probably, probably, I'll get that. Yeah, Tom will listen to this and he'll fire me. If I'm fired, I want all my jobs back. Editors, please give me back my jobs. Because uh, I give up a bunch. I give up a bunch of jobs uh, to take this position, um, and I made sure they've gone to good people uh, who deserve them and can do the job as well as I can. So I have no idea. This is this is fun. It, it's it's fun to have an adventure at this age, especially an adventure that will pay reasonably well and better than my last adventure. Um, yeah, I feel young again. How's that? I'm That's too beautiful. old to be writing. I'm too old to be writing about games, but I feel young again. Are, are you going to go find like a 19 year old, you know, girlfriend or something? Not 19. <laughs> <laughs> too too old. Too old. Yeah, wait, no, God, no. Yeah, no, I don't think I'll be looking for any girlfriends anytime soon. Irresponsible vehicle choices? Yeah, probably a motorcycle. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to move to any, as to what I said, it's a subway. God, so, you're, are, sorry, that was my next question. Are you moving? Are you moving out of the fabulous D.C. area? Uh, I am con- seriously considering it. I am seriously considering moving out of the D.C. area, uh... I'm investigating a couple of cities to move to. Um, I don't have to relocate. This is a job I can work at from home. But as part of the whole new fresh start in my life type thing, uh, this is uh, something I'm pursuing. So I have a a number of cities in mind. I'm going to be checking them out bit by bit. And we'll see where we end up. Um, I'm going to be doing some traveling in February to check apartments and, you know, make the decision on relocation relatively soon. But... I will tell people where, where I end up, and I will still host uh, Flash of Steel Three Moves Ahead uh, meetups wherever I am, because you know this podcast is the best thing I've ever been associated with. Professionally. Which is so, terrifying, terrifying. I, it really is, isn't it? I, I, I didn't say that you were Julian. You're not the best. Ah, uh, okay. I'm I'm the thing that kept it from being totally awesome. Got it. You could have been so much bigger. Important. So so you know you're gonna get the inevitable emails from folks talking about the inevitable drive of people from journalism into PR. Yeah. Do you feel like that's just a load of hooey or do you just sort of feel like it's the way of the world? I feel sad, you know? I feel sad that I can't keep writing for financial reasons, that it's so hard for freelance to make it. There's so much money in the gaming industry. You look at all these huge companies, look at Fox owning IGN, but there's just no money out there. More people want to do this. More people want to write about games, and they'll do it for nothing, absolutely nothing. Well, and we've got people in the games press who profit off that. Yeah, people in the games press will profit, yeah, who, who have an advertising model, you know, encouraging people's dreams you know contribute content comment on the blog do whatever maybe it'll be featured um and made so you can get this one in a hundred chance of being something uh if you have a staff position that's great and there are some great people at some great magazines doing good staff work and not everybody treats freelancers poorly i have to thank sake i mean uh pc gamer pays very well uh feature does a really good job uh they 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 edit me Nothing's as I love nothing more than a good editor. Editors are the best, and if you edit me, then you're my friend for life. Um, and but you know, the thing is, the advertising money's not there. Uh, game journalism's moved online, and the advertising money's not there. We saw this with Crispy Gamer, which paid us way more uh, than the writing was worth. But I hopped on the gravy train. It wasn't my job to balance their books, um, but the advertising money simply wasn't there. Right. Traffic doesn't grow fast enough. And I'm going to say that, yeah, I am sad. Uh, and I mentioned this in my blog post, which will be going up um, Wednesday morning, that uh, writing is the 
is my favorite thing. And I'm going to miss uh, going to press events and interviewing people. I'm going to miss writing reviews of games. I'm going to miss writing previews and features and columns. Um, I'm going to miss working with you know the great editors I've worked with, We're working with Ryan Scott over at GameSpy and working with Dan uh, Stapleton and Evan Lottie at PC Gamer and working with Bill Abner at GameShark, you know, people who I just loved you know, talking to. Um, who have you, written, you written can still talk to them, you know. Well, I know, but, 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 but about the writing, about the craft, what I'm doing. Um, so I can still talk to them, and I certainly will talk to Bill Abner a lot because, you know, he's probably the, if you to go through my people I talk to on Google Talk, I think he's like number two or number three. Uh, so he's certainly way, way up there. And um, we talk about tons of stuff, tons of different stuff. But yeah, it's, I'm going to miss talking about the craft. Um, this is the conversation that I had with Ryan Scott in San Francisco um, last year. He said, you know, hardly anybody ever talks about what it's like to be a writer. He has so few conversations with writers who would like to talk about writing and the craft of writing. And he does, which is why he's such a great person to work with. Terrible at answering email, but a great person to work with. Um, and he's right. I mean, you look at the games journalism, you know, mailing lists and discussions and how they often talk what journalism is, but they never talk about what good writing is. Talk about why are, are we journalists? Are we not journalists? What are the conflict of interest? Blah, blah, blah. But the craft of writing and the art of writing, and I look at some people doing some amazing writing work, um, and you can really see the good... I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Lee Alexander, who writes for Gamma Sutra, and some stuff for Kotaku. She's been a good writer for a long time. But I didn't realize how good she was until I read some stuff she's doing on Thought Catalog. This is not game journalism stuff. Stuff that's not her job. And the lady can really write. And I've always admired her as a writer. This is somebody who takes it seriously. Who understands the craft of a sentence. And that's what I'm going to miss. The craft of a sentence. And I, I'm going to hate, I hate leaving it. But, you know, people do this. People move on. You know, I've, J- Jeff Green moved on. Steven, Steve Bauman moved it, on. It, do, it doesn't mean that you stop being a writer, though. I mean, you're it, a writer no, no matter what but, you do. Right. I'm a writer no matter what I do, but it's a different kind of writing. And there, when I'm a PR person, there are going to be constraints on what I can write. There are things I cannot say. Right. This um, game sucks are, ass, for instance. Yeah, there, there are things that Jeff Green cannot say. Right, <sighs> she is. Um, there, I can still be a writer, but I can't all. But there are, but there are limits on what I can write. Right, and that's something new. I mean, an editor having limits on what I write—that's different. An editor says there's an audience have to consider and all this. But there was always the blog. I always, you know, throw other stuff on the blog. Editor cuts a paragraph. I stick it in the blog. I'm cool. I'm fine. PR, you can't do that. Right. PR, there are things I will not be allowed to say. Well, let's let's not get all maudlin about the future. Well, let's no. get all maudlin about the past. So, yes. I want I want I want you to share with the share with the group. Share with the group. Yes. Uh, like what have been some of your best experiences as a writer of game stuff? Oh god, best experiences as a writer. Um I mean, you've already said meeting yep. me personally. That yes. was that was exactly. peak experience. Well, you know, you know. P- 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 PAX East was a good was a good convention for me. The PAX East, the first one, went to last uh, March. I met you, uh, Julian. I've worked with you for a long time and admired your work for a long time. I met Rob, uh, who was a young writer. I took notice of very quickly and was happy to get him on the podcast as often as I could. I met uh, Jen Cotter, who's become my best one. I'm one of my best friends and closest collaborators. I've met uh, so many. I met Chris Dolan. I got to hang with Ryan Quo again. Uh, met uh, Matt Kyle of um, X-Play. You know, met some, I mean, I met him before, but I had a chance to sit down and have a chat with him again. Th- that was a good convention. I think the conventions are, those things like I can keep doing, I can keep doing those. That was a good one. But the, the best things, you know, the, the, the small moments, you know, sitting down with um, Sid Meier and Soren Johnson to interview them about the history of civilization and what the Civ series meant. Uh, was a great moment. Then I got to write that up, the history of civilization for a pack that 2K did when I was an industry shill for that moment. My first experience as an industry shill. It meant I couldn't write about 2K games for a few years, but it was a good thing. Uh, it was a, a great writing moment for me because I had to do these interviews and pack it all together. Um, writing my book column for Crispy Gamer. Um, I was a 
constantly surprised they would let me write about stuff like that. And they didn't always like publishing it, but they'd agreed to run the column. So sometimes I'd get, oh, stop writing about these artsy-fartsy books. I said, well, last month I wrote about a Halo novel, so you can't say stop doing this, because it's been a couple months. Um, but I had a chance to write about, you know, I wrote, write about books and what books said about games, um, which was really, really cool. Um, my first review was always, it'll always be important to me, uh, Victoria in Computer Games Magazine. Uh, I, pro- I owe a greater debt uh, to Steve Bauman, I think, than people really understand, you know, what a great editor he was and how many chances he took on writers. They didn't always pay off. Hey, he was, he was my first editor in games, too. Yep, and he he, he 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 would he would take chances on writers, he, and he would he would let you work your way in to his little stable of regular people. And I fought. Uh, he gave me that first chance, and then I pitched, you know, tiny war game. You know, this old tin soldiers war game. You know, can you give me three hundred words? Yeah, I'll give you three hundred words. Can you give me like three hundred words on this? And then month after month, then you end up on the mailing list, and everything's cool. So the the first uh, review is of course special to me. Um, I guess the moment I realized my blog was big, though I don't can't remember, I can't really put my finger on it. But when I first started Flash of Steel, it was Portico originally over on Blogspot. I was getting like I was getting like oh I got twenty five hits today, woohoo twenty five hits that's amazing, you know. And half of them are like Google searches, so right. but still I get twenty five hits that's amazing. And then you start getting comments, and then you start getting some links. And then all of a sudden, you see that, that average per day going up. All of a sudden, now it's you know 50 a day. Then it's averaging 100 a day. I'm looking at my stats now. I'm averaging 1,200 a day. And it's wow. Okay, um, I have I have an audience. People are reading this, uh, realizing I'm not alone. Uh, people actually want, and people argue with me in the comments. Um, I love that. I love when people fight with me in the comments. I don't always reply, uh, but I like doing it. I like that people read it and engage, and that's uh, there's an audience, and Flash is still going to continue it, uh, going to continue. Um, so my, but the I mean, favorite moments. There's so many, so many great moments um, in my career, uh, as short as it has been. You know, uh, sharing a sharing a car ride back from Firaxis with Tom Chick, and all he wants to do is grill me about my life. He wants to know everything about me. Like, okay, so it's like a. 20-minute trip to the to the airport and started grilling me, you know, so who's your wife and what did she do and where are you from again and blah, 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 just nonstop because this is Tom. Tom wants to know about the other person, which makes him, you know, a great interviewer um, in so many ways because he's always more interested in the other person. So that was my first meeting with Tom Chick. Uh, it was very funny. He's a strange, strange person. Um, you know, meeting <laughs> Bruce Garrick. He, I love him. Uh, meeting Bruce, you know, meeting all you guys, meeting Bruce Garrick at Origins um, a few years ago. That was fun uh, because it's fun to close a bar uh, with Bruce Garrick after he's made a game developer cry. You know, that's the sort of stuff that, you know. Were there actual like, tears? It was dark. It was hard to tell. But you've definitely when, broken the guy. Well, when, when Bruce, when the guy comes up and says, so, you know, I understand some issues with our game. You know, I like to talk to you about it. And Bruce begins with, okay, here what the, here's what the hell is wrong with your game. When you, when you hear, that's your opening sentence. You know, it was kind of, it was, it was kind of brutal. Uh, I kind of stayed. But, you know, Bruce is a great guy. Um, and meeting him was, and working with him. Um, I've worked with so many good people. And it's the people. I have uh, Elise Vogel and Ryan Quo to Crispy Gamer and all of the people at PC Gamer and CGM. Um, it's been it's been cool. Um, so, I mean, I don't want to be so down in this industry and say, look, you can't make any money doing this because most of you will not make much money doing this unless you have really good skills or really good contacts. Um, and that's what I've been doing over the last couple of years is helping people develop their skills and contacts people who people I like and who I respect um, and it's paid off for a few of them which is great uh, there's you're not gonna make a lot of money doing this but you're gonna meet some really cool people um, in the development side and the press side so those of you who want to be games writers um, I'm not gonna say give up on your dream uh, though it's a, it's a terribly stupid dream but uh, there are some really <laughs> neat people to work with um, in this and I think you would agree with that Julian right Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you're certainly not doing it for the money, but you can make a living at it. 
You can if you hustle hard. If you really work and hustle hard, you can make a living doing it. As a, as a freelancer, it's tough. And care about stringing sentences together. I mean, I think that yes. that was a key thing, right? Freelance yep. writing is writing first, and freelance yep. is just the way you happen to have to do it. Yeah, which is you hustle your ass off. And that's hard, uh, especially if you're, if you're a real slow writer like I am. I am not a fast writer most of the time. Uh, so the hustling uh, to pay the bills can get pretty tough, you know? I'd write a 2,000-word feature. Uh, you have a week to do it? Do okay. You, do you feel that's that... Hard. Covering strategy made a hard job even harder? No, actually, I don't. Um, could I have had, uh, could I have, you know, is there more work for me if I were to do console games? Yeah, I mean, certainly, absolutely. But there's so many other people doing that, that to distinguish myself, I would have had to, you know, either lift my writing skills up to a very high degree, which is certainly possible. I'm not a bad writer. I'm a, I'm a, fair, to, I'm a fair to good writer. Um, but strategy and my graduate experience, my knowledge of history, that gave me a unique voice and a unique perspective. That gave me something that a lot of editors did not have. Um, so it could make it easy for me to you know, work up a pitch that had unique perspectives. Um, I would consider games. I, had, I have probably deeper contacts in the European PC design side than a lot of game journalists have. Now, I have no contacts in Japan. Uh, my contacts at the big console developers aren't that deep. But, you know, for, for the, on the, the indie side, um, I probably have a deeper understanding of the difficulties of business and marketing uh, because it's not all AAA titles I represent. I don't talk about AAA titles a lot. So I, could, I really have a sense of, you know, for all the talk of how much money is in this business, you have to understand how that money is distributed. And it's distributed very top-heavy. Uh, to the very biggest titles. Um, th- I, th- I think it's... It meant that I was not as broad as I could have been, uh, but I have a deep knowledge of a specialized subject, which I think gave me a, and made me an asset to a number of editors. Um, did it make me a liability to other editors? Probably. But I can't worry about that. I, I wrote what I wanted to write. And very, I mean, I've had pitches rejected, and I've never minded a rejection letter. I've had, you know, articles killed. Uh, we all have. I've had articles gutted by editors, and I've been furious. Um, but I always wrote what I wanted to write. And that's good. I think that's a special thing. I think that the fact that I do have this specialized sphere of knowledge um, gave me a certain, certain special snowflake ability. How's that? Oh dear, we've we've yes. we've gone deep into the maudlin well now. Yeah, no, I, it, 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 I'm not going to lie and say it's been easy, and I, there because there aren't as many good strategy games, and it's hard to sell a story about strategy games. Um, but I think that's going to be changing because um, many Facebook games are strategy games. Uh, many iPhone games are moving to the strategy area, and the iPad area are moving to the strategy genre. So there's so knowledge of how these genres work. I think is going to be important um, and not just seeing them as apps I think it's too easy for game journalists to see them as apps you see people who see all RTSs as the same don't understand why Starcraft 2 is good and Red Alert 3 is bad uh, there's an important there's important distinctions in the macro micro games there to understand to keep straight in your head um, you can't just treat them as the same because they look the same um, so I, th- I think that sort of knowledge is vanishing rapidly, and I think we do need strategy specialists out there, and I was happy to be one for a while. Any more nosy questions? <laughs> crickets. Crickets. Well, I mean... I so, guess- Rob, Rob, what are your big plans for the podcast, now that you're taking over? Um, not, now that I'm now that I'm ceding control, but not giving. Now that you're going emeritus. Yes. Um, God, you know, I mean, you and I have talked about the podcast a number of times over the past, yep. you know, six months. And I mean, you know, one thing I definitely wanted to change was sort of how we organized and prepped for shows. And there was just, you know, we were always on such a headlong collision with the next deadline uh, that it was really hard to start getting advanced planning done. 
Yep. And that's one thing I really hope that you know I can do a little more successfully. Um, easier said than done, though. Yeah, have have fun with that. It's, yeah. uh, you'll 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 find it's amazing where the time goes. Well, and the other thing is is that I, I really do hope we can you know get a regular third, a regular fourth, um, and hopefully even like just a half dozen people who are you know regular, semi regular on the show. Yeah. Um, because. You know, I mean, I don't know how you are, Troy, with you know strategy games, but to me, I don't, I don't decode them as quickly as you do. I have the learning curve is definitely steeper for me than it is for you. So, you know, saying, well, here's the game we're doing this week, and then we're doing this other game next week. To me, each each of those games is like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta learn that. <laughs> yeah. So finding some, so finding no some people who, who 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 can help to d- divide the labor more or less. Yeah. Um, is, a, is something I mean we have we've talked about some names um, and we'll have to you know go over who works and who doesn't and you know also the topic you choose can help determine that sort of thing we've and one of the great things with this past year is we've had so many great guests on um, guest panelists who've done some really good work um, and uh, hopefully we can uh, have some of them back and you know get this regular group going and i think it's if you do have you know um i think you're right if you have you know four people you can go to um you have you have you have you have your your, your war gaming team for instance yeah exactly your rts team um and we had a great war gaming team last week i mean i would love to have scott jennings on all the time uh if i could because he, he is a serious uh grunyard and he does know his history very well and him and Bruce, you know, play off well together. And so they have a war game team and an RTS team. And I think that'd be a great way to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's because I, I think, you know, when it, as we slowly realized that it was just the three of us who were regulars, because um, we were in denial about that for a long time. What? Um, what? Shocked. <laughs> Shocked. But no, I, I think it just got, it got harder because e- each yep. week it was like, you know, well, what, what have you played this? What, what are you prepared to talk about this week? Right. And, you know, I mean, we're all pretty busy. We're all working for a variety of outlets. So there were a lot of shows we went into. It's like, I haven't had time to deal with this stuff, which is yep. why, you know, Agricola tends to come up a lot or why Julian and I tend to <laughs> punt and go for the board game we happen to have played in the last couple weeks. Right. Um, so yeah, just just hopefully you know get a, get a few more relievers in the lineup. Yep, I think that's a good idea. Um, and that's I mean that's that's the biggest priority for me you know coming out of the gate is you know uh, more voices and hopefully that'll enable us to schedule a little more ambitiously. We should uh, uh, we should solicit opinions from our uh, listenership. Yeah, there's a, uh, if there's a voice they want to have on the show, you mean? Yeah, someone absolutely. they know would do a good job. Absolutely. Yeah. Who do you want to be on the show? Yeah, from our... I mean, I know who I, I want on the show and who I don't want on the show. Uh, but we'll keep my opinions quiet. It's uh, good practice for, for your new career. It is very good practice for my new career. But, I mean, I have a list um, that I'm going to be sending uh, to Rob of people who I would, you know... If I could create, you know, a new strategy all-star team who would be on it... Um, and you can he can decide what their strengths are and their weaknesses are, uh, et cetera. And he's at the podcast in very good hands, Rob. I mean, there's really no one else who I would have passed it on to at this point. Although Julian's very busy with the Game of the Job show, and he's got a family and a life, and, and you Rob, have a girlfriend. You have a girlfriend, and uh, but uh, now I mean, you've come in and you've done such a great job, I and mean, you've been probably the most prepared and organized of any of us besides me. Um, most that was, of the that time. was a nice little slight. That's true. <laughs> You've been more prepared and organized than Julian. That's what you meant to say. Hey, join <laughs> a martini to every show, and I think we should respect that. Kind that's of, that's know. prepared and organized. As, 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 far as far as bringing in new topics that work really well, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. At I'm all. also I'm also responsible for the worst flame out three moves ahead has ever had. So yeah, I mean, let's not let's not get carried away. I edited out. Thank God. Yeah. Well, I still have it for blackmail purposes. Oh, God, no. Um, you know, one other thing that I do hope we can we can do down the road is um, get Three Moves Ahead its own site, um, in part so that we don't have comment threads about a show where we just tore apart one of your client's games, um, you know, on your personal site. Yeah. Um, I'd, like to, I'd like to get that degree of separation in place. Um, and, you know, see, see how that evolves. 
Um, you know, at first just a place to host comment threads, but I'll tell you one thing that I really enjoyed seeing this last week is, you know, in the wake of the um, War in the East show, uh, Bruce and um, jo- Bruce and Joel had this really great conversation about, you know, what you know what makes a good war game, and what 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 are your responsibilities to your audience's tastes? Yep. Um, and they have this really great design and marketing center discussion of kind of the you know the thoughts that went into war in the east and that's the kind of thing that i would love to occasionally have that kind of post show back and forth where people have had the chance to digest what was said and maybe dig a little deeper into the issues we raised um so i mean if you like if you want like what's my dream for three moves ahead it's a little more of that yeah i I think that it'd be great if our shows had a longer life um because Issues do come up, and I often think of things I want to say. You know, like I click recording off. I think, oh, I should have said, and then I forget to yeah. mention it in the comments. And you know, I think you know a little bit. I think that's a great idea. Uh, see, I should stick around. I, 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 I should quit my new job and be in the new Already. job three moves ahead. There you go. Yeah, that's not going to happen. We're going to have a website and everything, and there'll be a donate button, and we'll it'll be able to support all of us. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I think we're going to be wrapping up pretty soon on that note. Um, I do want to uh, remind our listeners uh, in the D.C. area that uh, the first weekend of February, on February the 5th, Saturday, at Gordon Biersch uh, near the Gallery Place Chinatown Station, we will be having our winter meetup um, uh, for Three Moves Ahead. This time, Bruce Garrick uh, will be driving up to join us. Uh, so if you want to meet Bruce Garrick in Washington, D.C., please come. Um, he's uh, pretty much committed to being there, which because he has the weekend off and he can drive up. And we'll get to hang out. And please come and meet Bruce. Uh, there's a thread on – a comment on thread. There's a post on Flash of Steel uh, where you can say, I'll be there and I'll do a head count. And uh, John Schaefer, uh, new of Stardock, has said he's going to try to make it. Um, some other developer contacts who said they're going to try to make it, but don't want to put that in print yet. So we'll see how this works out. Um, so please come to that. Uh, Rob, do you want to tell them about next week's show? Um, well, I mean, there's not much to tell yet. I mean, we're going to be doing a post-ParadoxCon wrap-up. Um, and you're going to be on that show, Troy, whether you like it or not. I am going to um, be on that show. And hopefully we'll have Jen Cutter, and we'll just you know discuss some of the things we saw and discuss the uh, Paradox lineup. That's right. So, uh, to listeners, after 100 episodes of hosting, well, I didn't host all of them because I missed a handful of shows. Uh, it's been great being your host. Please don't think that I'm abandoning you. Um, I will still be on the show from time to time. You'll probably have me on at least twice a month. Uh, doing all kinds of other things, but I tr- the show is in good hands. I am going to follow the evolution of the show. Um, I don't think it's going to be going off the rails. I have great faith in Rob and Julian planning this and moving it forward. The show is bigger than me now. The show belongs to the audience. The show belongs to my panelists. Uh, so it's going to be fine. If you have any comments, criticisms, insults, or whatever please put them uh, in the comments or in an email to me or on my form spring or whatever. There will be a fuller explanation of my decision uh, on the blog, uh, Flash of Steel, um, on Wednesday morning. I think it's set to go up at midnight on Wednesday, so you'll, it'll be there, up there pretty soon. Uh, Rob, Julian, thank you for being here. Thanks for Thank you us. for having us, always. And I will be here next week, but not in the host's chair. Dun, dun, Good night, dun. Good night, everyone. <laughs>